Hi, it's Father Roderick, and you are about to listen to Secrets of Stranger Things, a discussion of Series 1 of the fascinating new hit series on Netflix. But before that, I'd like to tell you about our end-of-the-year fund drive that starts on November the 1st. We need your financial help more than ever before. We are bringing you these new podcasts and videos almost every day of the week now, from the break and the walk to shows about Disney, The Hobbit, Star Wars, popular TV shows like Stranger Things, and of course our popular educational Lego videos of our series Brick by Brick. The cost of these productions are currently much higher than the donations that we receive, and we are investing our last reserves to continue to bring you these shows, but we need your help before it's too late. So, Please join our giving campaign this year and help SQPN to continue to bring you these Tridio shows in 2017. More information on sqpn.com and tridio.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another show of Secrets of... And today we're going to talk about the Secrets of Stranger Things, this unexpected mega-hit series for Netflix. I think it's one of the highest-rated shows that they ever produced. And I will be joined today by two fans of the show, Beth Spellacy. Welcome to the show, Beth. Hi. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm very excited. Me too. It's great to have you back on the show. We've been podcasting a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away about Babylon 5. That's right. Oh. And it's great to have you back on uh, on a show. Well, I'm also joined by Dom Bettinelli, of course, my co-host of Secrets of Star Wars, uh, one of the hosts of Let's Talk, the director of SQPN, the overlord of the Death Star. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Father. Hi, Beth. It's great to be here to talk about strange things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had some strange things happening to, uh, happening to us before we started recording. We had all sorts of strange technical problems. It's almost as if there is an alternate reality. And you know what? If, if, don't be surprised if all of a sudden the image on YouTube will turn upside down and we turn out to be in the other <laughs> show, yeah, the opposite show. <laughs> But we're going to talk about season one. Of course, this is going to be filled with spoilers. We're going to assume that you've watched the show. If you haven't, please do us a favor. Stop the recording now. Go to Netflix. Don't eat, sleep, or do anything else, and then return to us eight hours later, and then you'll have a great time. (laughs) All right, Stranger Things. Now, Dom, where did this show come from? I didn't see this coming. I saw the announcement, the trailer, and I was like, wow, it's almost as if... Like ET is back. Well, it 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 did come out of nowhere, uh, you know, almost literally. Um, it, these two brothers created the show. Uh, it was um, I first heard about it after it had gone live on on Netflix, and I was already watching, you know, a bunch of other things over the summer. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't add another thing to watch. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna skip this one. Uh-huh. Um, and then people kept talking about it, and everyone kept saying how wonderful it was, and I just said, well. Okay. All right. I'll I'll watch the first one, and you know I'll give it a shot. And then I was hooked. I was I was in for the ride. It's one of those shows you cannot stop watching, and it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? And uh, Beth, how did you see the the series? Did you watch it right away? Did you hear about it? Um... Yeah, it was. Um... It was. I don't know if it was instantly as it was on. Uh, we're we're uh, 
big Netflix users. And I think Mike had uh, stumbled upon it first. And uh, that's my husband, Mike. Mm -hmm. And he um, loved it. I mean, it was encompassing everything that was our childhood. So we uh, he immediately says, you he I think he watched two episodes and he was like, you have to watch this. So I caught up and we watched it together and you can't stop. It's an incredible show. <laughs> and do you mean it, it encompassed everything you remember of your childhood? Like you grew up in the 80s or, or is it like movies from that time or? Yeah, well, I, we grew up in the 80s. So we were uh, it was TV shows that we loved and movies that we loved and music that we loved from that time. And it seemed like they were able to really mesh it all together. It was it, it was a really the talent to be able to do that. They really did a great job with it. I thought it was very daring to try to recreate that Spielberg 80s feel because, of course, you have mm. to do the set dressing and make sure that and nowadays people are, they can freeze frame, they can check everything. So they did such a perfect job. There was nothing in that series that I thought was kind of out of place or uh, they must have spent so much time researching what people look like even. Like the the way, the kids, the hair. Like that is me. Well, not me, but <laughs> that, that could have been me. <laughs> the bikes they used, the the, the way that even the, the, the wallpaper yep. in the rooms. And the toys and the books and all that stuff, all the games they played. You know, I think nostalgia was a was a huge element in, in the popularity of this of this show. The fact is I, I I when people ask me what it what it's like, I tell them it's the Goonies meets X Files and E. T. I yes. mean, it combines all of the best parts of that. And there's something about, but, but I don't think it's just those of us, you know, uh, uh, Gen Xers who grew up in the 80s who who uh, are nostalgic for it. There's, I've heard from a lot of younger people who are fascinated by this look at the 80s, you know, they, that they were, they, you know, it, it occurred before them. And in some ways it's sort of like, I don't know if you caught this, but back in the 90s, Gen X's were big. A lot of Gen X's were big into the 50s. Yes. You know, the fedoras mm, uh-huh. and the what, martini bars and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, yeah. I, and I wonder, I think there's an element of that nostalgia for a time just before the time I grew up that in in, in some of the younger generation. So uh, and I, I'd, I'd rather let them speak for themselves. But that's what I've heard. Yeah. For me, I mean, some of the things that made this so great was this like just you know the in when cuz we're talking about the background the atmosphere of the show um the, the opening credits were perfect rep- representation of what an 80s sci-fi show's opening credits would sound would sound like true true especially if you watch it now uh, i went back uh, I, i just kind of uh, related i w- watched uh, the first episode of airwolf mm-hmm. on netflix i don't know if you remember airwolf the show about the helicopter vaguely um, i loved it when i was a kid uh-huh. it, yeah it was about this this super duper military helicopter that they they fly around and shoot bad guys with. It's sort of like A-Team in the air. But uh, <laughs> the opening credits were like were like like awful sound. The, 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 it was fuzzy graphics. I mean, it was, and it was just like that in Stranger Things. It was that yes. connection. But there's also more than just like the visual. There's sort of the, the place that they live in. And, and like one, I heard someone mention, I, and I agree, just the idea that these kids rode their bikes all over town. Yeah. With yeah. no one worrying about them and not having to, you know, stranger danger. And I mean, they were getting into all kinds of dangerous things, mm-hmm. but there was a sense of this, this freedom that kids like 
uh, you know, like we did when we were in the eighties, at least in American kids. I don't know. Maybe. Oh yeah. In other parts of the same world. Same here. Same here. Freedom. We had same bikes and the same feeling of, you know, okay. nobody was, we didn't have the helicopter parents that were constantly monitoring us and required us to call in via cell phones to let us, let them know where we were. It was like, they're playing outside somewhere as long as you're back in time for dinner and nobody cared. And we had adventures. <laughs> Yep, and we we played Dungeons and Dragons, and we we didn't have video games, and we uh-huh. we built forts in the woods, and 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 followed you know train tracks into the distance, and got into you know uh, like they got into a junkyard. I mean, all those things are elements of yeah, that was my childhood. And there's there's certain when we look at that, I think in in this show, there's a certain amount of yeah, that was great. That was that's something. I kind of miss. And I think a younger generation looks at it and says, wow, you got to do all that that we didn't get yeah. to do. You know, you had things. Um, so there's, I think that's that's an element in, in the popularity. Now, of course, uh, the story itself is not just a story about how life was in the 80s, but right from the get-go, <laughs> there is a mystery and there is a monster. And it, it just pushes all the right buttons into getting us involved and and. and making us want to see the next the next episode um beth what did you think of the of the the first episode do you remember when the we the girl with the shaved head shows up and then we get a glimpse of the monster oh well yeah i mean that it's a perfect way of of drawing people in because you instantly get uh, a little bit of thrill a little bit of mystery a little bit of scare factor um but also like there's kids involved. So, yeah. you know, you're, it not only brings um, kids who are that age. See, I have a 13 year old and, a, and an 11 year old. And as soon as they see that, they're like, oh wow, look, there's kids in this movie. Like the Goonies was. Yeah. And yeah. It, it brings, it sucks us right in because it gives us that feeling of the Goonies and you like this mm-hmm. mysterious monster. And so there's a little bit of scare factor, a little bit of mystery, but it was, I mean, as soon as you see it, you're like, okay i have to i have to enter (laughs) into this and how they managed to really make everything look the way that they did yeah was it's an amazing thing what did you think of the kids of the performance of the actors oh my gosh i fell in love with them i mean i I immediately started looking them up see who they were see how old they were and Mm -hmm. they're just i love the fact that they're nobodies you know that they're unknown actors and they're really good actors. They're genuine. They can. They don't seem like they're forcing performances. They no, seem very this is natural. this is not young Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like, if you follow them off in their own little social media, which is, of course, everybody has Instagram and everything sure. now. They're mm-hmm. all because of the kids that they are. They all are friends, which wow. is something that you would find back in the eighties and the Goonies and they all became friends and in real life. Yeah. So you still see them together now and talking to each other. And um, so these kids actually became friends. You see them hanging out, you see them, you know, taking pictures with each other. So they're, that connection, you can feel it. You know, they're really good. They, their, their personalities really mesh well with each other. And, and of course the friendship that we see um, and that may have been a reflection of what was happening on the set between those kids um, is a very integral part to the story. This is ultimately not a story just about, you know, this scary uh, alternate world and monsters, but it is a story about friendship 
and about it has like it follows all the the classic elements of of how friends become even better friends including the moments where that friendship clashes yeah. and there's crises and uh, they feel betrayed or they don't trust each other and i and that just felt real it felt like yeah this is Absolutely. probably what how kids would react in situations like that yeah this is the problem yeah, that i have with so, oh, i'm sorry dom um the, because the kids are my kids are starting to watch those um the tv shows from uh-huh. different channels that have they're live action and they try to they try to simulate real life relationships mm-hmm. with kids of that age and it always seems very forced and very fake and very yeah. and not very shallow and and, and usually um, actors that are like five, six years older than the yeah. children they're supposed to play like right. high school uh high school depictions with with people that are like 25 30 years old Yeah, right. So yeah, you can definitely feel that. There's it, there's it's never like an ideal situation, but there yeah, like there's there's difficulty just like in real life and they're getting through it and it's you can feel it. It's a difference. They definitely act their age the, of the characters. They they don't get into situations a lot of times when you have uh portrayals of child children in in these shows, they they're doing things that grown-ups do. Yeah. You know, they're not 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 totally but but they act older than they really are and i think part of that is um the, that there aren't enough uh screenwriters who know how to write kids well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or direct them um, well and part of that is or direct them well and part of that is um that the 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 child actors like like you say are sometimes older already and so they they put them in these situations uh that children that the children of that actual age are are at you know i really love these actors i mean millie bobby brown who plays um 11 yeah uh that's is, incredible she, she's actually been in a couple other things i noticed uh-huh. she, she was um she was in once upon a time in wonderland that oh. that um yeah spin-off, spin-off of once upon a time lasted... mm-hmm. but she was in an episode of ncis the 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 the, the Yeah. Navy crime drama uh-huh. show, uh, as a guest, and and I when I saw her in in this, I'm like, where have I seen her before? And I remembered her from that episode because she was so good, right? In that episode, uh, she was a couple years younger even, but there was this this uh, she was uh, where uh, this word I'm trying to think of the word, but prepossessed. She was just yeah. so you know um, well spoken in uh, in that role, and so. Um, And I love uh, Dustin, played by Gaetano Mazzarotto. He's Matarazzo. awesome. Yeah. Yes. What if? And you know the the thing I love about these kids is this was me and my friends. Yeah. yeah. Being nerdy was nerdy. not cool. Like mm-hmm. now, <laughs> geeky is geeky is in. Geeky and nerdy was not cool back then. No. And that was me. I was up. I was yeah. like them. Yes. Totally. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, uh, the, the adult play, uh, characters? Uh, let's talk about perhaps the most, let's say, predominant character, uh, Winona Ryder's characters, a uh, character Joyce Byers. I, I've heard some people say that they felt it was overacting; it was too dramatic, too much. What did you all think? I I kind of agree with that. I, I, I was not my favorite character. I thought it was a little bit. Um, do you remember uh, in Lost, uh, Walt's dad who ran around all the time just yelling "Walt"? Yes. Walt, <laughs> Walt. <laughs> That's what I kind of felt like with this character. She, it was a little, 
um, I heard some people say that they really loved like her this character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Winona doing a different thing, and and I, it got a little bit better later. Yeah, but I just I, I I was waiting for them to explain that you know the reason she's this kind of really fragile emotional character is because of this. Mm-hmm fact in her personality they never gave that to no, her so it kind no. of left me up in the air on a little bit so but um a huge fan of of, of that mm-hmm. character. what about you beth oh i you know <laughs> i love her character yeah I, I absolutely love her and like you know it's funny i've had i've had conversations with mike before in watching the actual movies from the 80s like poltergeist and i'm like why isn't the mother freaking out more like this doesn't she doesn't seem like she's taking this seriously enough, but seeing, I was never a huge fan of Winona Ryder mm-hmm. in in the eighties in the, the movie. You know, Beetlejuice was good, but like I wasn't a huge fan of her personally. Yeah. But seeing her in this was, she, I think she did an incredible job. I I enjoyed her <laughs> right from the get go, and you know she was overreacting in just the appropriate amount. <laughs> right. If if this would have happened at your place, you would probably also have Christmas lights all up in the attic. Uh, yeah. And you would. You, I think I true. could go like that. <laughs> I could go down that road. Just before the show, uh, you, your husband told us that there's a raccoon actually running around in your house, and he's trying to catch it. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, we it's saw a raccoon. It. Uh, but, it yeah, is but... a raccoon. Yes, he is caught. <laughs> so okay, we saw him. Okay. And yeah. So that that kind of stuff happens often. I would check though <laughs> in your basement and the attic if there's not somewhere a portal and something is. Nah, just <laughs> this well, is one of those this doesn't happen very often because I'm not a fan of, of horror movies or anything so I I, I I don't even watch the classics because it just scares me too much but this series gave me the creeps especially the first when the, when the monster first appears and then you get that you know the oozing holes in the wall and the alternate reality and I just it scared me so much and it's funny even though you know it's fiction, it's it's special effects, but your own house, after seeing an episode, doesn't feel the same anymore. You hear these weird sounds during the <laughs> night, and it's like uh, <laughs> the, the, the episode that I I thought was most scary was the one with the tree, where uh, what's her name the the the. This uh, is Mike's sister. Yeah, Mike's sister gets gets. You know, she 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 sees that hole in the tree, and she let oh. me go check that out. And I was like, "Don't do that." <laughs> Who does that? Yes, <laughs> people in this kind of stuff do that. But that was yeah, so scary. The say again. The ectoplasm on anything? Yeah, I'm oh, not going near that. Jeez. <laughs> and then well, she, the great thing, I, the thing I like about about this show was it was scary or gross i mean the yeah you know by the time you see the monster mm-hmm. you know the monster is it's a scary monster but you've you've seen hints of him enough that it's not like really shocking I, i'm not a horror movie fan mm-hmm. i don't i don't like the horror genre for for me but i don't mind scary um yeah so like alien mm-hmm. is is about my limit you know the movie alien uh-huh. um because it's 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 scary it's tense and this was tense and scary without being Again, a, a movie that or a show that wanted to be more like a modern uh, ver- you know, version of this would have gone much further. You know, yes. Even yeah. X-Files would have gone much further. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 
they they kept they stayed restrained, and I liked that. Yes. It was a good balance. Well, and I think if they would have pushed it further, um, there would be an unbalance because this is all about ultimately about how people react to this, and that what that's what makes mm-hmm. it so interesting. And I I loved 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 the character of uh, Chief Jim Hopper. And the way they first yes. introduce him, and you feel there is something, something has happened in his life, but you don't know exactly what. And over time, you discover that he too went through this loss, and and so everything that happens to these kids becomes personal for him because it reminds him of his own loss, and he has already coped with it, and that's why he's such a good guide for Winona Ryder's character, uh, and he understands what the 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 grief and the panic and the unbelievable. That was that was really my favorite character, and also his guts of just you know what I'm just gonna break into that facility and I'm not gonna let anyone stop me. Unbelievable! Yeah, it's a I, very I, I strong like character. I yeah. like that that they made him such a strong, likable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little bit flawed hero. He, you know, I mean, he had some you know his 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 demons that he was struggling with, but was a strong male character in you know and when often that's not a popular thing these days to have have that sort of character like him and i i really liked that uh, I, I like he was he was one of my favorites too um uh i'm trying to think yeah i, I mean as for for the adults i think it was my favorite uh, character and then of course we've got the teenage characters the um nancy wheeler so the uh, older sister of Mike and her little romantic adventure and then the regrets afterwards. And then you got the strange outsider, uh, Jonathan Byers, uh, the older brother of the kid who disappears. Uh, and he is um, – he to, the first time I saw him, was like – he reminds me of someone from like a kid. He could, be, he could have been in The Walking Dead or something like that. So there's something quirky about him, something like not very likable. But over time, I really loved how he became actually a hero uh, and and made mistakes. But at, the, but at the same time, he grows and he develops. And I thought it was played so well. Um, and and that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. The uh, the um, I like the fact that she you know she has this this relationship with the cool guy and. Uh, and she is obviously a very attractive and cool young lady as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the geeky younger brother, and then she ends up, you know, kind of falling for the not so cool uh, guy. Right. Which, you know, and, and also um, the what I really liked, which kind of also tugged at that nostalgic feeling, was the um, the turning around of the boyfriend, who yeah. was yeah. you know everybody wanted to categorize him as a jerk. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, writing him off as being this the yeah, the stud and the and the bully and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then at the end, when he changes his spots, and uh, you know that doesn't normally happen a no, lot true. nowadays. And you see, like the uh, people coming back to the light side, and yeah, and yeah. feeling that like oh, people can change what your assumptions are of them again. And I really like that feel of it. I actually thought that 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 made it more modern than a regular '80s movie because that in the '80s, as far as I can remember, a lot of the you would have stereotypes, but they wouldn't have this character arc where there was this much redemption or that someone who's unlikable becomes 
likable. Or in this case, the the stud, he, he at first, he's like, oh, he's everybody's friend. And then he turns out to be a jerk. And then he redeems himself. That is very complex character development that I think is more modern. It's something that, that I don't remember from the 80s. Uh, you would always have like the the nerdy uh, fat boy, and then you would have the attractive right. teenage girl, yeah. and then you would have the 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 Mr. Professor who would make the gadgets. Like I'm describing the Goonies right now. Plus, there would be much more swearing in the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find it interesting that they decided that that Nancy would end up with Steve. That yeah. in the end, you know, she's friends with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. She stays with Steve, and that is a that is also sort of a uh, unexpected twist i yeah. mean it, an 80s movie she would have the, the 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 popular guy would have been cast off and yeah and she would have gone with the underdog the popular guy would it. the popular uh, guy would die and then the other guy <laughs> would there would be this ending scene where he'd gone and see went to a really fancy hairdresser and instead of having the hair in front of his eyes he would be all like super muscular and wearing good clothes and, and they would kiss and that would be the end basically grease <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, that the, didn't happen. one of the things um, mm-hmm. funny about that character. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of the funny things I was going to say about that character, Steve, yeah. was um, did you see Parks and Rec? Uh, if you ever saw that, remember the character of John Ralphio? Yeah. And so he he and the actor who played Steve did a little Vine video uh, where they both were in character. Uh-huh. And, and it was perfect because they were the same. Basically, Jean Ralphio is an older version of Steve. It was hysterical. Oh, it, was, nice. it was very funny. You ever have a chance to to find that uh, online somewhere? But uh, but yeah, it was it was great. Let's talk about the mythology in this series. Um, how did you like this whole like alternate world? And and did it remind you of something? Or uh, Beth. Uh, how did how did you like that that background story of the mystery and the the, the secret facility and how they treated Elle before she came to you know to that town? Well, yeah, it brings a whole a whole other side of um, uh, 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 you know of the of the time period that we always. Of course, we never lived with it, but we always kind of suspected it happened. You know, that there's there's this mysterious thing going on, and and uh, Matthew Modine, <laughs> you know, being a, a playing the father, and and these weird experiments going on, and yeah. and um, was he know. was he truly El's father? I, I I don't remember actually. Or... I'm not sure if they actually confirm that. Do they? Oh. Or was he just a father figure? I'm. I'm... Yeah, I think he's at think least he a father figure to her. Yeah. yeah. But if he was truly her father, then, oh, my gosh, what a horrible father. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to remember what they were doing. Were they, like, recruiting children to conduct these experiments on who exhibited Worse. these gifts? They were abducting the kids. They were just, like, okay. taking <laughs> them away from their parents and then just trying to uh, – in that respect, it did remind me a bit of, of, of uh, Lost – where on the island, again, spoilers, uh, but there is this uh, Dharma initiative and they were actually trying to uh, influence people so that they would develop these extrasensorial abilities and, and, and telekinetic uh, powers. And this was so very they're, akin they're to basing that. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I say that they were, they were, I'm sorry, we're, we're breaking up. Uh, yeah. So it's, I'm having a tough time to con- connecting there. But um, uh, they're basing it on uh, back in the 60s and 70s, the, the uh, CIA did conduct uh, 
experiments uh, on psychic powers Mm -hmm. um, and using LSD and other drugs. So I think they're kind of building this mythology on that. So like the the uh, 11's mom would have been one of those subjects. And so then when she was born, they, you know, she kind of, I think like inherited, I think it was the idea that what we're supposed to understand is inherited disability. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're kind of building off this. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, it was, it was sort of a popular theme in the eighties, this, you know, secret government experiments, you know, yeah. during the cold mm-hmm. war, the government did all kinds of things in order to gain an advantage over the Soviets. And that was, I think, that that idea that were they were kind of building on. And X Files, you know, of course, did the definitive version of that. Um, so I, I kind of I, I, they didn't explain too much. They, I don't think they really had to, mm-hmm. uh, because we're all we're all kind of familiar with the idea. And that's a nice thing is eight episode length, which was a perfect length. Mm-hmm. They didn't have time to explain too much. Yeah. And so by not explaining too much, I think they kept some of that drama in it. That's what I liked. And um, it, it's it, you can imagine them kind of developing this and giving us a little bit more information. And there might be other layers or alternate realities. You can do so much. It had a lot of X Files vibe to it. The the backstory. It was nothing too original because we've seen all these things like this before. It was a combination, I think, with the story of the kids and the the friendship and. Oh, how everything evolves and, and impacts the people. That's kind of the strength of a, of, of, of of more television series nowadays, where it's it's like you have events, but it's much more focusing on on what does it do to people. Like the stories where you know kids would return from the dead, or gosh, what else have we had? Um, the opposite, where people start disappearing, and it's all about how people react to that, and that makes good drama. Um, there were also a lot of tropes. And uh, homages in this in this uh, series, which made it also fun because the tropes were just like blatantly tropes. They didn't hide it. They didn't apologize for it. It's just like, yeah, this is just part of the genre. Do, do you remember examples of that? Or well, it was the music that um, they used? And oh yeah, the music, the synthesizer yeah. music. Yeah, synthesizer music, 80s music is, uh, you know, and, and different, um, uh, oh, that was, that was great. I, I'm a huge 80s music fan. So, uh-huh. like, to hear that in a TV show of nowadays was, was great. They so, like, yeah, it. the music they used and the, the references to the different um, TV shows and movies. I can't remember specifically what it was, but they kept making references to, or a few times, to, um, you know, th- movies and TV shows of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were certain tropes in 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 the the kind of the characters at least in the beginning. You're like, oh wow, they're all this is kind of like the Goonies, and everyone has its own kind of quirky. Like you have the sheriff, the crazy lady, the <laughs> friendly. What is it? The store owner gets killed in the first episode. Which, by the way, I was like, no, that was yeah. a nice guy. <laughs> like, don't kill him off. I, th- that shocked me really. Anyway, so that the, the, you have the the homicidal government agents. The, yeah, the <laughs> even the way they depicted the 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 secret lab laboratory, and um, I mean, it's like, gosh, that that had so much the vibe of ET. You know, when when the when the government yeah, steps in, and you've got all the 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 people walking around in those. Um, 
I would call them Hamas suits or the, the the white suits, you know, like yep. to protect you. Yep. I was like, that was the so... The protective suits. The protective yep. suits. It's very much E.T., very much... Um, gosh, there was that other movie. I think it was based on a Michael Crichton, uh, like virus or... Anyway. Andromeda strain. Andromeda Yeah, probably. There's a lot of these movies with... There was this scare of infectious diseases and, and, and that sort of stuff or alien diseases that might uh, kill us all on the planet. And th that was all here. And even even the like the way they depicted the, the upside-down world or, or the alternate world was almost... Um, a trope in the sense that it's dark. It's kind of, you see that it's a stage. They don't show you too much. It's kind of low budgety. And I think if they would have made this too fancy, you know, and they could have done this, you, you can, can conjure up an incredible like CGI world, but I think it would have felt out of place. It's like, this is too much. They couldn't do, they wouldn't be able to film this in the 80s. So it's almost as if they downgraded the special effects into something that could have been filmed in the 80s. Which made it more real, strangely enough. So, yeah. The, the, I, this is actually one of the few series that I think tropes work well because they are tropes. And they are part of what they we, what filmmakers used to do in the 80s. And actually in the 80s, a lot of that wasn't... wasn't they weren't tropes yet. That, that was just the way that stories were told. So, unbelievable. <laughs> now, of course, we know that this is going to have a sequel. Um, the second series has been ordered, and there's actually a YouTube video, I think, where you see the reaction of the kids when they hear that, that there's there's going to be a, a, a second season, and they all completely freak out, of course. Where do you think this is going? What are they going to do? Predictions. There are a lot of unanswered questions from the from the end of that first season. Um, yeah. For instance? You know, where 11, uh, you know, so... The, the the hopper is in touch with her somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, what what did the government agents say to Hopper when they took him away? Remember they took they took him off to interview or oh yeah to have a conversation with him in, in the car from the hospital. He's, he struck a deal probably yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, of course, what's going on with Will? I mean the the black substance that, can, that comes out of him. Oh, that final scene. Uh, that, that was dinner. so cruel. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, no, it's not over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like some people are asking what happened to Barbara? You know, that cuz I I initially yeah. thought that she was dead, but some people said no, no, she's she was still alive. They left her behind. Um I thought she was so dead. I mean, is that Barbara was like still alive. That felt like a scene from Aliens, yeah. you know, where she's completely eaten up by the monster and, or, <laughs> or, or, I don't know, in some kind of uh, intestinal process. <laughs> I'd like to think yeah, she was so, alive because I really liked her character. Yeah, so. it's almost, again, it's it's like don't kill her off that, that quickly because she doesn't deserve to be killed off. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that, the, isn't that the trope from the 80s, uh, you know, the... The, the less attractive friend of the of the beautiful heroine, you know, heroine the beautiful lead girl yeah. who ends up getting you know yeah <laughs> it's the, you know the, it's that it's that idea that 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 even on the on the male side they do that like the the sidekick who ends up getting yeah. getting killed yeah. uh, that motivates the hero the big glasses are kind of the red shirt of uh, of the eighties <laughs> that's right <laughs> um, and. 
I'm, I'm thinking this whole, you know, where does this alternate reality come from? Come, come from? What, what does it mean? Why is it trying to make contact? Uh, it's, it's certainly coming back. You can, you can count on that. But the monster is killed. But it's probably just one of the monsters that inhibit the, that inhabit that right. world. Yeah, yeah. Like, and how that happened? You know, how do these experiments or whatever they were doing lead to this opening, this connection to yeah. another uh, alternate universe? And so a little more explanation, because, yeah, everything was just touched on a little bit that they have to mm -hmm. go into a little bit more. And, of course, it's it's kind of the government yep. conspiracy is, well, they try to weaponize those uh, um, superpowers of, of L. Of course. Is, is that the only thing that's going on or is there even more to that? Could there be... You know, an agency behind agency. That would be very 80s, you know, where they're just like you discover that <laughs> you think you know what's going on. And then it turns out, well, wait a minute. There's it's like Darth Vader. And the, well, wait, there is an emperor. What? <laughs> yeah. So they could add layers like that. And um, and of course, I'm very I just want to know what happens to these kids. How is their friendship going to evolve? What's Elle going to what's going to happen to her? Um, are there more kids like that? I think there are so many things yep. they could do. The only problem, of course, is they they are working with these uh, child actors, and they are gonna they're not gonna stay like this. So a few years from now, it's gonna be a different story. So I'm I'm curious. Yeah, they're to already see. older. Yes, yeah. yes, they are because this, this has been filmed, of course, more than a year ago. Um, and yet, I, I've seen some some uh, interviews with them, and they are still totally them. I mean, recognizably them. Yeah. But of course, this kind of the story has to grow with the kids. So I wonder if they can pull off yeah. what what they did with Harry Potter, with these start with child actors and then just continue the story all the way through puberty and through. That was amazing what they were able to do with those actors. But for television, yeah. that's a whole different ballgame, of course. Yeah, right. Because they have to they have to make sure that the that the series is can is continuing and the lag time between series filming and it's 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 not like a movie where you can kind of predict and control those kinds yeah. of things. Not to mention um, the the pressure on the kids and the actors yeah. now that they they didn't know probably that this was going to be such a hit. I think even Netflix didn't expect this to do this well, and now that you've got this franchise. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know how they could have thought it was just going to be one season. I mean, it's, it, I, they were so, so smart to leave so many questions. And yeah. just, you can't just leave it like that. You can't. You for, have to have a second. For many, many years, I've, I've been wondering, will we ever see a series like Lost again? Where the mystery just grabs you and you want to know what's going on. And I was like, perhaps I'm just witnessing something that is unique in the history of television and we will never have another Lost. I think with Stranger Things, it's the first time that I'm st that I'm thinking this could be another Lost. It's different. It's not as yeah. big as Lost in terms of episodes, but perhaps that's why it's so good. It's just six episodes. And Lost had to do like, I don't know, 12, 24 episodes in a season. And you could feel, you could tell that over time, they were just running out of ideas and, and it was just continued because they had to. This, because it's so concentrated, it is like orange juice from the freshest oranges and, and just <laughs> that. And they don't dilute it with water. And that's why it's so good and nutritious. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, no, Lost was it was very unique in that, you know, you were dropped in the middle of the story right in the beginning. You didn't have any background, no no understanding of what was going on. Yeah. And the, the appeal of it was the little teeny hints. 
here and there. And that's the Stranger Things is doing the same thing. It kind of dropped you in the middle of the story and there's life going on already. There's things going on already and you're getting little hints, yeah. little things that are that look outrageous, but you don't know what's going on. And that, you know, that's the appeal of that was the appeal of Lost. The only difference, and this is I think a downside of what how Netflix kind of does these things nowadays is that with Lost you would have a new episode every week and so that you had like six days of water cooler discussions about what do you think is yeah. going on what's the smoke monster and now with with Stranger Things you boom you've got six episodes and you can watch that on you know just not sleeping for a night and but the, you don't have that even with if you wanted to do a podcast about this, you almost artificially have to space it out and do it episode per episode. But you, everybody has already seen where it's going. So it's a different experience in terms of you don't get that expectation of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what what where will they will take where will they take this next week? This is it's what, also an, a, an additional challenge for them for the show, because, you know, it doesn't have that. What If I've watched all eight episodes. And mm-hmm. you haven't watched any of it. I don't know. Like, I don't know who's watched it. And yeah. I don't want to spoil yeah. it. And mm-hmm. it makes it difficult to have these con- these water cooler yeah. conversations and conversations online. Yeah. Um, and so in a way that can help, that can sort of depress the uh, ability for a show to go viral like that because true, people aren't true. able to talk about it. On the other hand, and they've they've proven this to work, um, just the buzz around this and this, this sense of urgency, go watch it now before you get spoiled. That's probably another way to approach this. I mean, I was like, I got to see this and I got to. People were chatting about this so much. I was like, oh, I am going to be spoiled unless I sit down and I binge watch this. So, yeah, there are two sides to the. That's It's like this world of Stranger Things. There are two alternate <laughs> there are two sides of the coin literally <laughs> of reality but this is the reality that we live in right now i was happy to be able to share a little bit of my enthusiasm about this series with uh, with the both of you and with our listeners because man the moment we announced that we were going to do an episode about stranger things is like oh my gosh i can't wait to hear what you what you're going to say about this well we I've, I've been talking with dom before we started recording and we were like well perhaps for the when when the next season is nay is nay is nigh <laughs> we might sit down and do a rewatch and then per episode and we'll just go a little bit more in 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 detail one way in which you can make that happen is by sharing this episode with your friends and tell them about our network, to, uh, telling them to go to tridio.com for more of shows like these and let us know by your comments that you want us to do more. And another way to motivate us to uh, produce uh, more shows like this is by becoming uh, a, uh, a sponsor, by helping us out uh, and helping us, uh, you know, just setting up these shows and 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 we have to pay the bandwidth costs and everything so if you want to do that if you like what you hear and you 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 want to support us even if it's just for one buck a month or something like that just go to the website tridio.com and look for stranger things or look for secrets that's the name of this show and please come back for more Thank you, Dom. Thank you, uh, Beth, also for joining us. It's a pleasure again to have you on a podcast. We should do this more often. Absolutely. It was good seeing you guys. Good luck with the raccoon or whatever else is, is, is lurking around in the, in the <laughs> attic there. And uh, just count your kids before you go to bed. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.